Ahí va, mira. Pirates, yes, they rob I told I to the merchant ships. Minutes after they took I from the bottomless pits. <laughs> but my hands were made strong by the hands of the Almighty. Forward in this generation, triumphantly. Won't you help to sing songs of freedom? All I ever have. Redemption's a song. Beautiful redemption song. That kind of maybe fits this. Maybe not. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to connect it to this episode. I don't know if that works. No, no, I don't think it does at all. No. No. <laughs> Anything is possible! <laughs> all right, calm down there, Kevin Garnett. Hello, all you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Zach McCoy. I'm Triev. And I'm Christina. And we are your Oscar Grouches, and welcome back to the Oscar Podcast Thursday show, Thursdayzy, where we take a look at... The oeuvre of an Oscar winner and knower of cinema, Mr. Martin Scorsese. And what are we watching this week, Zach? This week, we're watching Shutter Island. In this shocking sequel to U.S. Marshals, Leo and Ruffalo go into the asylum to find a missing and murderous patient. Nice. Wouldn't this be a prequel to The Fugitive? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I just... Why can't it be both? Yeah. <laughs> it exists in a, in a vacuum. <laughs> Out of time. Vacuums. All right. Is this everybody's first time watching Shutter Island? No. No. This was the first movie I watched this year, and it was the first one time. Oh, so. wow. How exciting. No, for me. Zach Trab, do you remember your first time seeing it? No. <laughs> I knew not. <laughs> this is one I saw in theaters. So I also yep. saw this one in theaters. All right. How exciting for all of us. Very exciting. So excited. Bubbling. <laughs> Brimming with excitement. I got to ask, um, did you watch it again going into this or no? Just at the beginning of the year. Me? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I did not need to rewatch this movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> just stuck with you, huh? Mm-hmm. I don't see how it couldn't. Uh, let's see if we have any kind of awards breakdown here. 11 wins and 66 nominations. That's a lot of things. Huh. We'll try to stick with some of the more interesting ones. Did it have any Oscar nominations? No Oscar nominations. That is shocking. I'm not shocked. I know why. Oh, Ooh, why? Well, we'll spill the tea. Oh, okay. So... This movie was actually supposed to be released late 2009, I think like oh, yeah. October. Mm -hmm. But Paramount had already put all of the money that they wanted to budget to for an Oscar train. They had put that into the Lovely Bones and Up in the Air. 
So they didn't have the money to posture Shutter Island as an Oscar film. And that's why it got released in February. Yep. So I remember it getting pushed back. Thank you for that. I also read too that, uh, and this could be a bullshit reason, but you know, due to the economy, they pushed it back a little bit to, you know, get more people in the theaters or whatever. Uh, Honestly, looking at like the box office, it looks like pushing it back. Yeah, we don't know, you know, but it looked like it, you know, helped the movie as far as uh, box office number goes, you know. Mm. Yep. I feel like that's what Marty cares about more than actual awards is how his movie performs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So here we have. A couple of uh, Academy or Academy Awards, a couple of award shows that I feel like we should mention. Uh, first, the Teen Choice Awards, because this is a movie that teens, I can oh see my. teens flocking to. Oh my God. Uh, it That's on Nickelodeon, right? Like that? No, that's the Kids Kid. Choice Awards. Oh, that's Awards. the Kids. What the fuck's the Teen Choice Awards? <laughs> Who the fuck knows? It's been, a, I hear it from time to time, but I've never seen a Kids Choice Award. Um, teen Choice. It was. It won Choice Movie Actor Horror Thriller, giving Leonardo DiCaprio a Teen Choice Award. Uh, I'm sure that was oh, filling the void Fox. for his Oscar. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Fox sounds like who would play this. Sure. Um, it got nominated for Choice Movie Horror Thriller and nominated for Choice Movie Actress Horror Thriller, giving Michelle Williams a nomination. Uh, this was also up for the Scream Awards. Which were those awards that were on Spike? Right. Yep. Uh, I remember those. Uh, it won Best Scream Play. Oh, lovely. Scream Play. Bunny. Okay. Uh, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> giving Leda Kayla Gritis. Gritis. I'm going to mispronounce this poor person's name multiple times in this episode, I'm sure. I apologize. Uh, giving them Best Scream Play. Uh, it was also nominated for horror actor Leonardo DiCaprio, supporting actor ben, ben Kingsley, supporting actor Mark Ruffalo, best horror movie, and best director Martin Scorsese. Uh, there's just a whole bunch of other critic societies giving it nominations for things. Okay. Golden Schmoes. Golden Schmoes. <laughs> That's just some guy in his backyard. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards nominated for Best Actor, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Supporting Actor, Jackie <laughs> Earl Haley. I, I think I've... What? What? Okay. Jackie Earl Haley. Right, right. Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, <laughs> I, always, no, I always think of him as Kelly Leak from Bad News Bears. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's me. Yeah. I, don't, I don't blame you. I love some Bad News Bears. All right. Um, I, I think I've got enough of an awards breakdown. Sure. Everything else fun. here is. Okay. As, as we always say, but we'll just say again, you know, this is a spoiler podcast. So if you haven't seen this movie, turn this off, go watch it, and then come back. Because we can't talk about this movie without spoiling it. Right. Right. All right. Let's okay. talk about this movie. All right. All right. This movie. Is- <laughs> Bro, everybody's so polite. That, like, they're waiting for somebody to go. 
Uh, I'd rather have a polite podcast. No, no, I, I feel that. All right, well, I'll take the lead. On Go ahead, bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I'm back. Uh, don't make me call my boy Jack Earl Haley. That's right. Come get you in your nightmares, sir. Um, yeah. I definitely remember the first time. The, what I do remember about the first time seeing this movie is how well the twist was played, but you also knew about halfway through the movie this was going to be the end result. Right. Um, but I still thought that they wrote it in a believable way. That, like, when you first are watching it for the very first time, you do believe that he's a U.S. Marshal. You, like, I thought they yeah. did a really good job at tying it all in. Then anybody else agree with that? I feel like yeah, everybody's I mean, facial expression and, and, is and telling think, me no. And I think it. I think it comes down to the fact that you know he. You find out he was a U.S. Marshal, so him right, just right. going through the motions of his old job as part of his uh, psychosis, he just it feels so natural that yeah, mm-hmm. you there you don't even question it. I'll say when uh, the first time I saw this movie, um, there was a lot of you know chatter on social media about it, and. A lot of the complaints were like, oh, I saw that twist. It wasn't that exciting. And I'm like, if you're watching a Scorsese film, even even a film like this that's, you know, a, kind of in the style of a, of a Hitchcock or a classic horror or whatever, you're not wa- don't watch it expecting the twist. Watch it for the experience. And that on rewatches, I've, um, you know, it, it enhances the, enhances it. And it's no not point- trying to M. Night you. Yeah. yeah, and at no point does Marty try to hide anything. Right, he's showing you everything. He doesn't. He doesn't care if you're smarter than smarter than this movie. Right, right. Mm-hmm. He's he's going to show you what you need to know, and when the big reveal happens, it it feels like the natural progression of the story. Mm-hmm. He's not mm-hmm. trying to trick you. He's not trying right, to right. lull you into some false sense of anything. Everything was pointing to this. Not trying to trick you. I'm trying yeah. to help you. <laughs> everything was pointing to this. Uh, and if you got there before the movie showed it to you, good for you. You just understand movie tropes. So, Christina, seeing this for, for the first time recently, had you uh, like heard other people talk about the movie or did you know much about the plot going into it? And I did myself a disservice because I actually am familiar with the source material. Okay. Which mm. is a book written by Dennis Lehane. Yeah. Uh, in hindsight, I really wish I could just like Men in Black erase my memory and mm. watch this movie. Mm. Uh, because when I think of Shutter Island, I think all of the things that go into it are immaculate, but I find the experience of the movie to be a bit underwhelming. So I might be the okay. contrarian here. Well, that's fine. But, well, what's what's underwhelming? The the emote like it didn't engage you emotionally into it like what's underwhelming for you well i say that in light of the differences between the source material and the movie which i think we will get into yeah such is the case of a book being better than the movie but i'll admit i have not read the book so i can't compare it's good it's free you can read it online nice now why is it free what do you mean why is it free well for in it from the library, or is it free from a? 
No, like it's free. Like you can straight up click a link and read it online. I'm only yes. asking because I feel yes. like okay. I feel like a books that get a film adaption are quote unquote money makers. So especially once the movie's made, right? They're trying to fucking profit those margins as much as possible, exploit that shit. So you know, even he though wrote, I never saw it in Walmart with a Shutter Island movie poster on the book, you maybe, know, maybe he's just a man of the people, and he wants you to have this for free. Yeah. Was it always for free? <laughs> Probably not when it first came out. Uh, well, that was a genuine question. Uh, it's like just laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, he's just writing free books, but he also wrote uh, Mystic River, didn't he? Yes, he did. Uh, he, yeah. I yeah, have yeah. Mystic River up on that show. What book? Mystic, Mystic River. Oh, I don't know what that is neither. Oh, he also well. wrote um, Gone Baby Gone. So. Oh, mm-hmm. okay, that one I didn't know. Yeah, Mystic River, Trav, is the we, uh, movie with Sean Penn and uh, Tim Robbins we talked about recently on the pod. But is that my daughter in there? Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Wow. Is that my daughter? <laughs> it is. I remember that movie you were making fun of. I remember. You tell me, Jimmy, is that my daughter? Um, I think for me, though, even if I had read the source material, I'm such a desensitized uh any sort of books or comics getting adapted on the big screen to a film, not following source material. I'm just numb to it. So I practically don't give a shit. So (laughs) I think for me personally, even if I read the book, I don't think it would have bothered me that much. The only time stuff like that bothers me is drastic changes. Kind of like the Death Note movie. Hmm. And you stuff like that. Changes? <laughs> Jurassic changes. That's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh. I could have said Jurassic and all, you know. Did, didn't didn't like what David kept did to Michael Crichton's book, huh? Maybe. <laughs> so does it deviate pretty uh far from yeah, the yeah, book? Let's get into that. I'm trying to see if okay, because I have like a rant prepared. Yeah, I've ran away. So I don't know if I want to like dish it out right now. Oh. Okay, well, let's get into it, and and you you rant when you feel okay. The rant is warranted. Well, I'll tell you what. After watching this again, I'm like, thank fucking god, Mark Ruffalo is out, not out completely, but weaving his way out of the fucking MCU because I'm ready to see Mark Ruffalo in some good movies because he's been such dog shit in these MCU movies. <laughs> Um, his character just sucks, dude. And he's, he's doing the best he can with these shit roles that they're writing for him. And Mark Ruffalo is so amazing in everything that he does. So, I don't know. Say, say it. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm just listening to you. I mean, you know, you've been on that Ruffalo train. Oh. What? (laughs) <laughs> do you Does disagree you are you not a mark no Ruffalo no 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 i actually oh, okay. I, I i think he's a dreamboat so yeah, he's absolutely go ahead. Dreamboat. <laughs> yeah. and i loved him in the you know the 13 going on 30 uh sequel yeah, Adam i loved Project. him in spotlight oh, in spotlight. Sure. oh, oh he's so good in Spot- i can't hell yeah that film Hell yeah. I have a lot of feelings about that. Does movie. this yeah. does this maybe because Mark Ruffalo's in both, but I I really like this and like Zodiac together. Like Mark Ruffalo's really Zodiacs. good at playing these kind of mm-hmm. you know characters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's got kind of a noirish gumsh kind of vibe about him. You should 
check him out in uh god what's the he's he's really good in collateral is the the detective mm-hmm. oh yeah i haven't and, seen that movie uh, in a long time and jane campion's in the cut yeah see cut. I, yeah. I do have it thanks to my boy but you he know i have not watched it yet excellent in that film okay is that jodie foster in that movie too no uh, uh meg ryan meg ryan that okay Ooh, i love some meg ryan yeah, it's it's yeah, Meg I, Ryan trying to shed her. Uh, You've got mail status. Yeah, pretty much. I was gonna I, say uh, romantic a comedy image. I yeah. love You've Got Mail, though. So you know, <laughs> love me some Meg Ryan. I'll take Meg Ryan in any form, please and thank you. I love Inner Space. Okay, we're not I here, haven't seen we're that. We're here for <laughs> Inner Space. <laughs> <laughs> On a supremely uh, superficial level, uh, you know, this movie obviously, you know. Marty's photography and mm-hmm. it's very vibrant. I watching my crisp Blu-ray copy on my newish TV and I was like, oh, this is fun, but not fun necessarily. <laughs> oh no, it's fun. This movie's a blast I, to watch. While, while it is rather disturbing, I think this is a fun movie. <laughs> Absolutely. It's it's one of those ones, it's it its subject matter is dark, but it's supremely watchable. Mm. Hey, once again, I will take Marty shooting films or films taking place in Massachusetts over New York any day of the week. I mean, (laughs) you know, Marty may be from New York, but damn it, he makes the better movies in Massachusetts and it just is what it is, guys. Well, yeah, it could be your bias, but it's his bias. It's his bias. I'm pretty sure if Marty was making movies in Chicago, I'd I'd be sounding like Trav right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I <laughs> that nobody could see. I nope. mentioned <laughs> as Paul pans to his his uh yeah. Give us that, give us I that mentioned yesterday generation. about uh best best actor, and I think I think Leo probably deserved it this year. He is he's so good in this, yeah. and he breaks my heart. You know when. When he's getting the kids out of the water, Caitlin and I saw this in theaters together, and we were just both ugly crying. It was, I don't know. Yeah, it's rough. That's that's a rough scene. We didn't even have kids. Watching it again today, I I didn't ugly cry, but I I had to cry my tears and my cocoa. <laughs> cocoa tears. He's like, why is this cocoa so salty? <laughs> you got no the cocoa comment. grass. Yeah. Okay, so you guys give a couple of thoughts, and then I want to hear Christina's rant. I do want to hear Christina's rant. Um, I'm waiting for her to, you know, interrupt us rudely. And just rant. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like writing because I'm like, how do I want? Okay. Because <laughs> when I say, oh, the amount of time that passes, no. Listen, okay. So in the book, there is a lot more time that passes when it comes to how long it takes Teddy to investigate a lot of the clues on the island. Okay. They go, they go more into his like logistical investigative technique. They uh, emphasize how much harder it is for him to put a lot of the clues together. Now, one of the things that does secondarily is it, and I don't mean separate literally, but it separates him from the people that live on the island as residents and the people that work there. Right. There's a very clear separation from those other characters. Now, okay. 
the movie, of course, they're not going to go into all of this logistical. They're not, they're not going to show you how much time it, you know, he spends investigating, but the movie leans more into these behaviors that are indicative of like a psychological disturbance. Mm-hmm. And the reason I have an issue with that, or I won't even call it an issue. I think it's too easy while you're watching the movie to come to a conclusion along the lines of like, Teddy, I think you belong here. Mm. So, and when I think of movies that have a similar twist that I think are a little better. And again, I'm talking about the twist and how the audience comes upon it. I think of movies like A Beautiful Mind and I think of Fight Club. And the reason Mm. I think of those movies is because when you get to the twist, it forces you to reevaluate everything you've seen up to that point. And I don't think Shutter Island was as strong in that aspect. Okay, I get that. Uh, but as we we discuss quite often on the show, Marty's love for uh, Hitchcock, who really is the uh, show the audience the mm-hmm. bomb under the table. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you talking. It's just that you know Christina has the filter, <laughs> so whenever she takes a sip of the water, there's no water bottle. <laughs> so, like it's just so funny. <laughs> Oh, sorry. <laughs> and um, again, I do. I do want to say I understand. I understand perfectly why this movie leans into these elements that take advantage of things like the set design mm-hmm. and the cinematography. Mm-hmm. But that's why I find it a bit underwhelming as a movie. Gotcha. Fair. Yeah, I I feel you on um Fight Club especially. Uh, yeah. I think all those films have a decent rewatch value. Maybe uh, I'd probably put a beautiful mind a little lower than the other two, but, but yeah, you're making me want to read this book. So it's free. I'm going to read it. I will free. say that the end of the movie, it's a lot more ambiguous than the book. Okay. okay. Cause the, the movie lets you wonder whether or not Teddy is sort of like faking this right, psychological right. Mm-hmm. break. Whereas the the book's a lot less ambiguous about that. Mm-hmm. So is, that that is one thing I like about the movie more than the book. But Well what is what is the book saying that he is faking? Yeah. No no no, no, so, no. The book the book makes it clear that he is having a oh, psychological breakdown. breakdown. Oh, okay. The way I take that ending, and I know it's controversial, quote unquote, you know, as far as what that line means, I always took it as <clears throat> I felt like he, for like a split second, had a revelation of he's fucked in the head, and then it just goes away. Well, I know a lot of people take it as he's faking so he can end his life because he doesn't want to live this way anymore. I know a lot of people took it that way, but I still took it as and maybe he saw the reveal and forgot again. It's kind of how I take mm. the way that they changed that ending. And in all fairness, you know, that that ending got approved by the author, so it isn't like they did something drastic without the author, which I can appreciate them bringing it to the author and saying this is what we're going to do and them giving the thumbs up on it. And I like that either side can be argued. For sure. Clearly that one way or the other, it has happened because 
as Christina said, the ambiguity of it is really, really upsetting. Mm-hmm. It's like either way, it's it's a shitty ending. Either yeah, way, it's, it's sad. It's so it's sad. So, so, yeah. Yeah. But it's so fulfilling yeah. for me as a viewer. For me personally, not, you know, viewers in general. Just for, based on what I'm into. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie just pretty much hit, like Paul said in the beginning, the twist is irrelevant in my opinion, to this. I'm not enjoying this movie to be tricked. I'm enjoying this movie because and it meets my checklist of things that satisfy me as a viewer in a movie. How gorgeous the scenery is, the acting, again, by everybody's top notch. And I mean, maybe I'm just a simp for Leo, but it's just like, (laughs) again, the guy's just so believable in every role that he does. It doesn't matter if he's playing a rich asshole or this traumatized uh, former marshal. Like, it doesn't matter what role he's playing. You forget that he's Leonardo and you think he's this guy. And he's just so good. I really like, and this is kudos to the author, about, I always like in these kind of movies, the psychological movies, where they connect these dots where, like, everybody's name was the same letters, but rearranged. Um, there's like an Instagram game where they like scrabble the words and everybody's playing that game on their Instagram stories. And I fucking suck at scra- at word scrabble <laughs> games. I am God awful. So I would have never figured that out. Like ever figured out that these, wo- these letters could be rearranged into other words. That is not my strong suit. <laughs> so stuff like that, man, I always really, really enjoy deep, um, when I see stuff and people write things like that, I'm like, bro, how do they even come up with that stuff? That is incredible. Like, I could never come up with these things. I just think the yeah. story itself is so good, and I love the time frame that it. T- and I, you know, I love lighthouses. Just Paul loves bridges. <laughs> I do love bridges, <laughs> dude. I fucking love lighthouses. Like, <laughs> they are so creepy and so spooky. And you I feel like every lighthouse is haunted. New Englander. Dude, every lighthouse is haunted. I don't care. <laughs> every lighthouse is haunted. They're scary, man. One. There's one uh, that was for sale not too far from here a few years ago on Zillow. It was like on, Zillow. Out on the Chesapeake Bay or something. It was like a, a lighthouse, and you mm-hmm. could buy it. Damn. Nice. Let, let's get it. Yo, let's give it up for the fucking murderer's row of actors in this movie that are sure. doing bit parts left and right. Because mm. I'll tell you, every time somebody would pop up out of the shadows and just be a really good character actor, like John Carroll Lynch showing up at the beginning as the... He's so underappreciated. Mr. Fucking Jingles. He's so he's so good in this. Yeah. Ted Levine showing up as the warden near the mm-hmm. end, just yeah. randomly. Why is, why is Ted Levine here? <laughs> <laughs> is it a... Max von Max von C down. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Oh god, he's so good oh, in this. I, uh, yeah. I will say this though. The silliest thing about this whole movie is that they somehow got everybody on board to play a game of clue. <laughs> like this it's literally just everybody playing dress up and playing pretend for fucking I it could have been months in the book, you know what I mean, at a time. So imagine this guy comes to everybody, gathers all the workers, and he's like, all right, 
we're going to play a game and we're going to pretend that he's a U.S. Marshal, you know? And I'm just like, that is insanely fucking elaborate. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. I mean, he he talks about it, though. He, I'm, there's a line, at least, he says, I had to work really hard to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, this isn't the first time. You know what I mean? They've played this game before. So, so now, here's one thing that I don't know. When he ran into her in the cave, was there an actual woman in the cave or no? I I still yes. have questions about certain yes. scenes. Okay. Yes. So she yes, was really shows. in the cave. Yes. She. They literally were like, "I right, and you get in that fucking cave and chill, and hopefully he'll show up there." <laughs> Wild. Again, that's Patricia Clarkson. What an incredible uh-huh. actress to just be like, "Hey, you have this one scene, and you're just in a cave, and you're just in a cave." <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Then you got the toy gun. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of silliness in this movie. Like when you when you get in a group and start talking about the movie and start laughing, there's a lot of silliness in this movie. You don't think about as you're watching by yourself it during is an, a thunderstorm. It is an inherently silly concept that somehow we got tricked into thinking it was a very serious movie. I also hate how they say that there's no score to this film. Because there's clearly a score. Like, is it because it's existing music, though? Is that the yeah, problem? Yeah, ju- just strictly because it's B-side stuff that he created that didn't fit anything else that they threw in this film. It's like, well, that doesn't mean that it doesn't have a score. Like, that's hmm. not what the definition of a score is. Okay. Just, in my opinion, the score is just fucking music in the film. <laughs> like... Yeah. I don't know. I guess it doesn't I feel have like an if you were to read so this film doesn't have a score, you'd be like, there's no music in the film? Original score. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of like the Goodfellas where it had doesn't have a, it has a soundtrack doing music, but there is music that underlies. But there's still not it's not like it's rock songs all playing through or something or whatever would be in that time. There's still like yeah. orchestras. Like it's Yeah, but a lot of it's like Mahler. So yeah, it's well. music that was done decades and decades ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well. 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 <laughs> Anybody have any other notes? Yeah. I um I appreciate uh Christina's um commentary in relation to the book and you know that so often can, you know, shape our our feelings about how something's been adapted. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm I'm glad I hadn't read it yet. I will look forward to reading it when I get around. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna be honest, I will never read it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Honesty's good. Yeah, I'm not gonna be like Zach and say, "Hey, it's on my list," and you know, just never watch it, Mister mm. McCoy. Breaking my, my heart on a no, weekly my, basis. I. My list will, I may be 60, but I will do it. <laughs> I need to stop adding to your list every week. But No, I'm, may, I'm making notes in this notebook. I'm going to go back here when I'm retired and be like, Paul told me to watch this. Paul told me. Um, okay. Uh, I, I'm just going to point out one more character actor before we move on that uh, since we brought up Elias Codius during the letter to El- Ilya. Uh, oh yeah, he, he was. Uh, oh, what was his real name? 
What do you mean? What was his real name? What was uh, DiCaprio's real name? Latest. Latest. Oh, yeah. He was the latest in his dream with the scar running across his face. Mm-hmm. It's Casey Jones. Casey Jones. Yeah, Casey Jones, baby. All right. Well, let's get to our worsty judgments. Christina. Mm-hmm. Question for you. Where's the sitting on your Thursaysy rankings? I actually wrote my oh, list. Oh, right Absolutely. Oh, and we brought up that okay. you had watched uh, All right. Taxi Driver yesterday, so we can also add that for the to first the time. List. Okay, no, don't feel bad because yes. I just watched it for the first time doing this podcast. <laughs> okay, Shutter Island is seven mm. out of ten okay. for me, and. Did you want to know where Taxi Driver is on my list? Sure. Yeah. I I spoke in existence. It's it's number two for me. Hell yeah. So. All right. What was number one? Number one for me is Goodfellas. Okay. Yeah. That's my. That. And what's my number one and number two? Number 10. Hold on. It's Gangs of New York. And that movie you didn't like? Or? No. I don't okay. Like All right. Look, it's the thing about I really, really like Martin Scorsese. Like, I even mm. put Shutter Island above King of Comedy, which I was a little surprised when I was writing this out. I, I think all of his movies are really good. It's kind of hard for me to pick some of these. Yeah, mm. yeah. Trying to rank these on a weekly basis is tricky. Yeah, it's an insane person thing to do. <sighs> well, here we are. All right, mm-hmm. Trav. Yeah, yeah. Where's the sitting in your Thursday rankings? Um, I just want to preface my ranking real quick on the fact that the the cool thing about us ranking these movies is it doesn't necessarily mean that's why I asked you if you liked Gangs in New York or not, just because just because it's last on the list doesn't mean that you didn't like it. You know what's it called? Because I think some of these are just what connects with you and what doesn't. As far as the rankings go, and that's kind of, I wanted to say that because I ranked this as a five-star film, and it's my new number one on my Thursday list, because even though I love The Departed, I love Goodfellas, I love Casino, I love Taxi Driver, there's just something about this movie um, and we talked about it when we did Cape Fear. Not that I think Cape Fear is a great movie, it's just that I think I would really like to see Scorsese do more of these psychological thriller films because I just feel like he's really good at it. And a lot of his inspiration come, you know, he's a big Hitchcock guy and stuff like that. So, yeah, this is my new number one sitting right above The Departed. I find this movie absolutely engaging, Um, just like Zach. It doesn't really hit me anymore at the end when he finds, you know, his when he remembers finding his children, uh, you know, drowned in the water. But I definitely remember the first time seeing it and how much I was like, oh, shit, that's for real. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, this is my new number one. I I really, really love this movie. I think it's an underrated Scorsese film. I know if you really look up reviews overall, it's definitely not one of his higher ranked movies. Yeah, probably not. But that doesn't matter. Zach. Hi. Where's the sitting on your Thursday's rankings? So. 
funny is that this has a higher, uh, again, not that IMDb means anything because so much of that list is crazy, mm-hmm. but it has an 8.2 out of 10 on IMDb, which is higher than I expected based on, you know, remembering people kind of being hemming and hawing over it when it came out um, as far as like the twist and everything. Right. Um, but anyway, I gave it four and a half star, four and a half stars. It's the top of my four and a half stars at number seven. So I'm bumping after hours to number eight. This is my new number seven out of what are we at? Uh, 49, including short films. Number seven out of 49. Very nice. Mr. Workman. Uh, I also gave this four and a half stars. So, you know, it's sitting, uh, <laughs> sitting way down at 18 for me. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's riding close to the top of my four and a half stars. It's right under uh, age of innocence, a film. I just cannot shake mm-hmm. and, uh, right above the aviator. Film I, I do love. Yeah. Also four and a half stars. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, I guess we're going to call it there. Christina, thank you for joining us on this episode yet again. The double feature. Yeah, this is the first time I think we've had somebody do both episodes. It is. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the exclusive club. Yep, this is the club of you. (laughs) And it's the third time on Thursday, right? Yes. Right. Yes. He did yes. Last yes. Temptation and was it Which I don't think anybody else has Aviator? been on here did twice. Did you come for Aviator? Yes. Yep, Aviator, Last Temptation and this. Yeah. Nice. So yeah. I think I don't think I anybody tricked. else has even been on here twice, let alone three times. <laughs> nice. Whole lot of history going on. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh Christina, let people know where they can find you on the media social. I can be found at zero underscore complaints on Instagram and at letterboxd.com slash zero underscore complaints. Excellent. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Tramp. Hey. Let people know where they can find you. Uh, yeah, you can find me on the Instagram at uh, ZK Audio. I am also on the Twitter at T-R-A-V-I-O-S-Z-K. Or I'm also on Letterboxd, ranking and rating my daily movie watches. And I finally watched this incredible film called tragedy girls it is available on shutter it is stacked with uh a pretty big b actor list if you will uh but this movie's absolutely incredible it's the mean girls of horror it is awesome and you need to watch it you say tragedy girls tragedy girls okay so good Excellent. Zach, where can people find you? You can find me on Critic or Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok, House Havoc, and Letterboxd by searching my name, and Paul. Uh, you can find me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, where I am keeping a running tally of all the films I watched. And this week, I watched the uh, Nebula-exclusive Patrick Willems-directed Night of the Coconut. Night of the I don't know coconut. what any of that meant just now. Just like night, no. like N I G H T. That is correct. Okay, I was of like the hmm. coconut. Okay. Uh, Pat Patrick Williams is a YouTuber that I've been following for years okay. now, 
And uh, before the start of the pandemic, he started a uh, running storyline through his video essays where he went on vacation and brought home a coconut with googly eyes named Charles. Okay. It's like Charles, but singular. Right. <laughs> and um, it turned out that Charles was a, a dimension hopping a psychopath who was trying to take over the every dimension he went to by gaining all the clout that he could and destroying the the universe. Oh, so like the one. <laughs> yeah, a little, little yeah, bit. I like love that. this description. I'm looking. It says a movie about friendship, parallel universes, the internet, and genocidal coconuts. That's right. Jeez. That's some range. Yeah. <laughs> so he's he's been running this uh this storyline for the last two years. And they were going to cap off the storyline at the end of last year, but then they shot entirely too much footage and it took too much time for him to edit. So it just became a feature length film. <laughs> and uh, I'm ranking it on my, I'm ranking it on my 2022 films because uh, he got a four wall at the IFC center in New York city. So, okay. It was running there for about a week. So it, it can go on. Your uh, your movie rankings if you end up watching it. Nice. But he also awesome. uh, he also there's a uh, an app called Nebula that was created by a bunch of YouTubers so that they could not have the constraints of YouTube. Right. And so he released the movie there streaming. Nice. I see him on Twitter all the time, but I didn't know a whole lot about him other than you know his Twitter oh. posts. There's also a horoscope app called Nebula, so not to be confused. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's essentially YouTube without the ads, but like the it's not like open to the public. You can't just start a right, Nebula right. account. So Okay. Gotcha. So it's a good time. All right. Uh Zach. What are we watching next week? Next week, I bet Paul's feeling pretty excited. Oh, he's reaching over there. His shiny copy of Hugo, which you can rent on Amazon, Google, Voodoo, or YouTube, uh, stream on Hulu with a premium subscription, or HBO Max. Nice. What yeah. a back-to-back week at their Thursdays. What a back-to-back mm. week. And you know, it, it, it would have been spread out a week if, uh, as Christina said, this didn't get pushed back like six months. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up. Trav. There you have it. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for All producing right. our show. You're welcome so much. We appreciate it. We also like to thank Chad Ramsey for our, be- for our most excellent theme song. I almost confused that with thanking Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Oscars Pod, not Facebook at the Oscars Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. Almighty, because Jonathan is not here on this episode. But he's never on this. Oh, my Zoom just asked if I'm playing music. I guess I did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So for Christina Reynolds. Have Zach and uh, just go Elias Codius. 
he's so wonderful. There you go. We would like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs> <laughs>